copy of God's Word. We're going to be in 2 Timothy this evening, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and I would like to read, if I can, three verses this evening, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to invite you, if you will, just to stand with me this evening as we reverence the reading of God's Word. If you're able to stand, I just invite you to stand up with me. We're going to begin reading in verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. The Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good Works. You may be seated. And I want to preach and teach on this title this evening, Study the Scriptures. I believe that one of the most valuable things that we possess in the material world is a Bible. I believe that the Scriptures are the most vital parts of our life here on planet earth. I believe that the Bible teaches us that since the very beginning of human existence in the garden that Satan's first attack was on what God had said. And Satan has always been attacking the Scripture. He is always trying to work an angle to bring doubt in the children of God's mind about the value and the validity of the Scriptures. He's always working behind the scenes. He's always working in our minds. He's always working in the events of life. And I believe it's to bring doubt upon the Scriptures. And we see that Paul is instructing Timothy by the Spirit of God that you've known the not just the Scriptures, but the Holy Scriptures. I believe that the Bible's holy. Don't you? Do you believe that the Word of God God that you hold in your hand from Genesis all the way through the book of the Revelation is the precious holy word of God. Listen, it's the word of God that washes us. It's the word of God that fashions us and shapes us and transforms our lives. It is used by the Spirit of God to make us think more like God. It's used by the Spirit of God to make us believe right, to make us 
talk right, to make us behave right, to make us build right on the foundation which is Jesus Christ. I don't believe that any American has an excuse to neglect reading the Word of God. Do you believe that? I don't believe any of us are going to be able to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, God, here's a good reason I neglected my Bible. I don't know about you, but I it, I have at least 20 copies of the Word of God. Amen. I've got study Bibles. I've got chronological Bibles. I've got no. I've got every kind of Bible I believe that they make out there. Wide margin, small margin, Schofield reference, non-reference, small print, large print, thin line, big line, wide. All I got every type they make out there. And I want you to know this: I will not be able to stand before Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you know, I've got a good reason that I didn't study the Word of God. I don't believe any of us have a reason not to study the Word of God. Listen, I believe that every Christian should spend time studying the Bible because uh, of at least three truths about the Bible. I want to give you these things very briefly tonight. I pray to encourage you. Here's the goal. I want you to leave tonight with a new desire for the Word of God. I want you to leave tonight with a new perspective about the Word of God. I want you to leave tonight with a fresh hunger that's worked in us by the Spirit of God. Well, we'll leave tonight and say, God, I can't live without studying the Scripture in my life. Let me give it to you very briefly. I want you to see this. The first reason that I see here that we should study the scriptures is because of their origin, because of where they originated from, because of where they came from. Look what the Bible says in verse number 16. The Spirit of God speaks to the Apostle Paul and says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. We could say it this way that all scripture is breathed out of the mouth of God. Jesus said this to his disciples. Uh, he said this to Satan. He said, Satan, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, we must realize the value of the scripture that we hold in our hand, they're not valuable because they originated with the church. They're not valuable because they originated with the apostles. Listen, what makes the Scripture valuable is their origin is from God Himself. See, the Bible is not like any other book that you'll ever study. It's not like any other novel that you'll ever read. See, the Bible is not man's best guess about who God is. The Bible is not a record of discoveries that man has made about God through the eons of time. Listen, the Bible is God's revelation of Himself to His creation. See, the Bible, it contains not one thing more than God wants it to contain, and it does not have anything out of it that God wanted in it 
It's in the first place. See, the Bible originated with God. It was breathed out of God's mouth. And we should study the Word of God because of the author of these Scriptures. Listen, God is what makes the Bible valuable. God is what makes the Bible precious. It's God's love letter to His bride. It's God's purpose and God's mission and God's instruction for our lives. I'm so glad that when I open the pages of my Bible and I begin to read in the Word of God, I don't have to ask myself, what is the filter of this author? I don't have to ask myself, what is the motive of whoever published this? I don't have to ask myself, what is the reason behind this? I'm glad that the Bible is not written with some slant. It's not some fairy tale. It's not a fable. It's not some uh, non-fiction. It's not some fiction book, but it is actually the words of God. And that's what makes it precious in our lives. And we should study God's Word because of that. I want to share with you what the Scripture says about itself in 2 Peter chapter number 1. And I want to start reading in verse 16 and following. I want you to see what the Scripture says about itself. In 2 Peter chapter number 1, beginning in verse 16, notice what the Spirit of God says through the Apostle Peter. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. He's saying these things that we have followed, they're not made up by mere men. They're not cunningly crafted. They're not put together to manipulate you. He says we've not followed these cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of His majesty and for he received from God the father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, church, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of Man, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. See, the Bible says that it is unique. It is written by eyewitnesses that heard the voice of God. But he says, I want you to recognize something. We have something more sure than eyesight. We have something more sure than the ear gate. We have the preserved, inspired 
infallible, inerrant, indestructible scripture. And he says, I want you to know that men did not come up with this harmonious book. Men did not create this in their own mind to dupe the world. But God chose holy men. And these holy men, they were moved by the Holy Ghost to pin down every jot, every tittle, every word, every letter was inspired and overseen and preserved by the sweet Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity. Listen, these men, when the Holy Ghost didn't move them, they laid the pen down. And when the Holy Ghost moved them, they picked the pen up and they wrote exactly what God wanted us to know. I'm so glad that there's no errors in my Bible. I'm so glad that my Bible never leads me astray and my Bible never steers me to do wrong. I'm glad that my Bible is settled forever in heaven. Why? Not because I say so, not because the Baptists say so, not because a Methodist says so, not because a deacon board says so, but because of its origin, I can trust the Word of God. I'm so glad that I know the origin of my Bible. Amen? Look, not only should we study the Scriptures because of its origin, it came from God, I want you to see secondly, because of its offering. You know, the Bible has a lot to offer the children of God. We need the Word of God in our life. Look what your Bible says in verse number 16 of 2 Timothy 3. So we see that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Did you know that the Bible is profitable? It may have been written 3,000 years ago. Some may have been written 4,000 years ago. But may I just say this? It's just as applicable today, applicable, applicable. You can apply it today and it's real just like it was some 2,000 years ago. I just want you to know this today that the Word of God from Genesis all the way to the book of the Revelation, it is profitable for our life. It benefits our life. It blesses our life. It has a whole lot to offer you and I. I want you to see the first thing that the Scripture offers us is a foundation. I'm so glad that the Word of God offers us a good, solid foundation to build our life on. I'm glad that the Scripture gives us a good, solid foundation to bank our eternity on. I'm glad that the Scripture gives me a solid foundation to build my marriage on. I'm glad that the Scripture gives me a foundation to parent my children on. I'm glad that the Scripture gives me a foundation to build a ministry on. I'm glad that the Scripture gives me a foundation to manage my finances with. I'm glad that the Scripture gives me a foundation to build my life on. And I know I never have to back up. I never have to punt. I never have to change it because it is a sure foundation. 
And that foundation is doctrine. May I just say this? Doctrine is needed. Doctrine is good. I so often get discouraged when I hear preachers or I hear missionaries or I hear Bible teachers make statements like this. Well, can't we just focus on Jesus and leave doctrine out of it? I mean, after all, Pastor, doctrine doesn't do anything but divide. May I just say this? Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He said, I would divide asunder mother from daughter, father from son, children from parents. Why? Because truth always divides. Either you agree with truth and you're on God's side or you reject truth and you're on the world's side and on the devil's side. And listen, without doctrine, without the teachings of the Bible, we have no firm foundation to stand on. May I just say this? If you hear someone say, well, I just think we should leave doctrine out, can I encourage you to put on your spiritual Nikes and turn the other direction and run as fast as you can because that place or that person is going to lead you into a trap. They're going to lead you into trouble. Why? Because it's the doctrine of God that is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. And without doctrine, it's the blind leading the blind. We need the doctrine that comes from the Scriptures. I knocked my notes off. Hold tight for a minute. We see here that the Scripture offers us a foundation. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter number 6, verse 47 and 48. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 48. Notice what Jesus says. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. Jesus said, if you'll listen to my sayings, if you'll listen to my word, if you'll listen to my teaching, if you'll listen to my doctrine and you'll apply them to your life, it'll give you a firm foundation and the storms of life will not take you out. And the judgment of God will not take you out and the hardships in life will not knock you off the foundation. Listen brother and sister the scripture offers us a foundation to stand on in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1 I want you to listen to what the spirit of God says here to these Hebrew believers. He says therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. Listen, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Let me just give us some application, a principle from this. The doctrines of Jesus Christ 
are the foundation that we're to build our life upon. And the writer says that those doctrines of Christ, they are the foundation that we stand upon. Listen, if you take the scripture out, we have no firm foundation to stand upon. We need the doctrines of God's word. Not only do we need the doctrine of God's word, I want you to see this. Uh, the offering of the scripture gives us not only a foundation, but the scripture offer also offers us confrontation. You know, I'm so glad that I've got a Bible that doesn't butter me when I need to be blistered. I'm so glad that I don't have a Bible that soothes me when I need to be spanked. I'm so glad that I don't have a Bible that agrees with me when I need to be resisted. Look, I'm so glad that the Bible offers me confrontation. Look what the Bible says here in 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Not only is it profitable for doctrine, that's our foundation, but for reproof and for correction. See, reproof is you're doing that wrong. Correction is you should be doing it this way. See, God's Word corrects us only after it confronts us and shows us that we are wrong. I'm so glad that the Word of God is like a hammer. I'm so glad that the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. I'm so glad the Word of God is like a mirror. It shows me where I'm wrong. It shows me when my attitude is wrong. It shows me when I'm treating my wife wrong. It shows me when I'm treating my children wrong. It shows me when I'm thinking wrong about God's call upon my life. I'm so glad that the Word of God confronts me and it rebukes me in my life. There's a song that I think is appropriate here. It goes something like this. It's a well of pure water when I'm thirsty and dry. Bread when I'm hungry and worn. When the battle is raging, it's my faithful sword. A shelter from life's troubled storm. It's a light to my pathway and a lamp to my feet. When the world gets so dark, I can't see. And I've not made a change in one word that it says, but it sure made a change in me. This blessed old book that I hold in my hand, it's true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it. Hey, now it keeps me from Sin. Aren't you thankful that the Word of God confronts you? You know, I believe sometimes the reason we close our Bibles and we put it under a, a shelf somewhere and tuck it away on the cabinet somewhere is we know that if we look into God's perfect law of liberty, His mirror of His Word to show us the smudges in our life and the sin in our life. And many of us would rather be left alone than be reproved or corrected by by the word of God. Listen, James chapter number 1, verse 22 and following. Listen to what James says by the Spirit of God. He says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Did you get that? The Bible says when you read the Word of God, it's like looking into a glass. It's like looking into a mirror and it shows me my sin. It shows me my errors. And if I'll obey the Word of God, if I'll confess to God, if I'll yield to God, if I'll come in agreement with God and His Word, the Bible says that I can keep walking in the light, but if I leave looking in the mirror of God's Word and I don't obey, what God reproved me of or what God corrected me in then I'll deceive myself now may I just say this today we've got a lot of people in churches around the world that think there's something that they're really not they're self-deceived the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 and verse 12 for the word of God is quick it's alive church It's a living word, amen? And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen, the Word of God can lay right where God wants it to lay. God can use His Word to put His finger right on that area in my life that needs to be reproved and God not only leaves me cut open and bleeding, but He corrects me. He brings direction for me. He brings healing to me. God doesn't just reprove me to embarrass me. He reproves me so that He may correct me in my life. I'm so thankful that the Word of God confronts me in my life. Uh, I was reading this just today. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, gave this to me. And listen to what it says. Though the pitch, through the pitch black night... The captain sees a light dead ahead on a collision course with his ship. He sends a signal, change your course 10 degrees east. The light signals back, change yours 10 degrees west. Angry, the captain sends another signal, I'm a Navy captain, change your course, sir. I'm a seaman, second class, comes a reply. Change your course, sir. Now the captain is furious. I'm a battleship and I'm not changing course. Then there is one last reply. I'm a lighthouse. It's your call. May I just say this? The Word of God is not going to change its 
course. The Word of God is not going to change where He stands. It's up to you and I to correct our life and make sure that our life is being lined up and that we're obeying the commands and the Word that's coming from the lighthouse. We need to let the Word of God direct our life and not allow our life to direct the Word of God. Listen, brother and sister, the Word of God, the Scripture offers us a foundation. It offers us confrontation. But don't you see, thirdly, the Word of God offers us application. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, for instruction in righteousness. See, the Word of God not only tells us what God requires, not only tells us what we ought to do, but it gives us application and instruction of how to live everyday life on this world in a way that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ and protects the purity and the testimony of the local church. Listen, God's Word gives us application. God's Word can be put into practice in our lives. It's not pie-in-the-sky theology, but it's meant to be shoe-leather theology. God says that we can walk out His Word, that we can apply His Word to our life. Is there any area of your life that you're struggling? Apply the Word of God. Is there any area of your life you need direction? Then apply the Word of God. Is there any relationship that's falling apart? Then apply the Word of God. And if we will yield to the Word of God, then we can walk together in unity. We can serve God together in unity. We see here that the Word of God offers us application. Psalm 119 verse 105. I love this. He says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my Path. I'm so glad that God's Word can be lived out and walked out in our lives. So we see here that we should study the Scriptures because of their origin. They came from God. We should study the Scriptures because of what they offer to our life. Number three, we should study the Scriptures because of its objective. You know, the Bible has an objective. The Bible has an end result. The Bible has a purpose in it for our life. So what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 17, now all of this that he just shared is so that the man of God, now in particular the application is to Timothy, the pastor, but I believe the principle can be applied to the people of God to the house of God, to the sons and daughters of God, so that the man of God may be, watch this, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, the objective of the Scripture is to establish us and to mature us. That word of 
perfect speaks of a growing maturity in the things of God. The Bible says that we should be no more children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but we should be established in the Word of God. Listen, if you and I will study the Word of God, we can know what we believe and we can know why we believe it. And when the seducing spirits of this evil world and the doctrines of devils of this evil world come knocking and seducing and lying to us, we can be established in the faith and we can give a reason for the hope that we have and we can contend for the faith that has been delivered unto us. Brother and sister, the Word of God is not only to make us live good lives, it's to teach us how to stand for Jesus Christ. And when all the world turns away, we can stand and be established because the Word of God is maturing us and developing us and we don't have to be moved by the storms. We can be like the Apostle Paul. He lists all these things that happened to him. He he said, persecution has happened to me. I've been beaten with rods. I've been stoned and left for dead. I've been shipwrecked. I've been betrayed. But I love what he said. He said, but none of these things move me. I'm so glad that we can be established and we can be rooted in our relationship with Jesus. And we can be rooted in our walk with God. And we can be rooted in the church that we serve. And we can stand our post. And we can sound the alarm. And we can throw out the life preservers to help rescue a dying world. Why? Because we've studied the Word of God and we are maturing in our faith. You know, there has to come a point that we no longer need to be ministered to all the time, but we can start ministering to others. We must mature, and the Scriptures and studying your Bibles will mature us. Look, not only is the objective to establish us, I'll finish here, it's also to equip us. Notice what he says here, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that He before ordained that we should walk in them. Did you know that the day God saved you, He foreordained works for you and works for me? There are things that God wants to accomplish through you. There are things that God wants to accomplish through me. And I believe there's things that God has for you that no one else is going to do. And I believe that God has things for me that nobody else is going to do. In other words, if I don't do it, it it may not get done. And if you don't do it, it may not get done. You may say, well, Brother John, I believe God is bigger than that. Listen very carefully. God told Ezekiel, he said, now listen, if you sound the trumpet and if they don't escape and save their life, they'll die in their sin and your hands are clean. But if you don't sound the alarm, they'll die in their sin, but their blood will be required at your hands. There's just some things that God 
God has ordained for me and you to do that I believe nobody else will do if we don't do those things. I believe there should be a sense of weight upon you right now. There should be a sense of responsibility upon us right now. And we say, well, how can we be equipped not to miss these opportunities and to miss these good works? It's by studying the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to equip us so that we're ready unto every good work. Brother and sister, the Word of God has so much that it's doing in our lives. So listen, I want to encourage you. Study the Scripture. Study God's Word. We should study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not being ashamed. I butchered quoting that, but it's something along those lines. Let me ask you a question. How is your Bible study? I love this and I'll be finished. I heard this statement one time. If your Bible is falling apart, then your life probably isn't. But if your life is falling apart, your Bible probably isn't. Father, I thank you so much for my church family.